Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. So do you have memories that you feel like your family has gaslit you about like things that you don't remember mm-hmm. as a small child, but you've seen like enough pictures of yourself as a toddler that you've like oh, tricked yourself God. into thinking that you remember it? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I I'm trying I'm stressing out right now thinking of them, but I've definitely mm-hmm. had that happen. I feel like it's like. Mm-hmm. For specific things that I've done, or like how I was as a kid, but just yeah. don't remember, um, mm-hmm. and and just having it had to be explained to me, and I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly true. Like something feels like right. it is, but I don't, I don't know quite actually. Mm-hmm. Can what if I were to ask you what your earliest memory was? Would you be able to tell me? Yeah, I I think um, earliest memory. I would say. It's when I was three years old, and I was mm-hmm. in the Roman Colosseum on a family trip. Don't ask me wow. why. Ooh, I, I mean, I, I don't know why. That's my f- only one I remember earliest. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I have. But see, I actually don't know if this is real or fake. I, I have this like dilemma because <laughs> I have a very vivid memory of being in like one of the arches and just kind of like walking around up there and looking down i know i went to the coliseum i have photos of it i wore that exact outfit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i don't entirely remember all of it so sometimes it feels like a fever dream i don't know if memories ever have that happen maybe that's just a a collective italian memory you have (laughs) of the past lives in rome uh yeah yeah like (laughs) <laughs> the, the there's there's more of like um a, a cultural collective right okay that, I could be that, that. You, that you remember it that you remember the Colosseum you know right. if you like touch the stones there you'll <laughs> like remember the gladiators and yeah uh, and all that stuff uh, I access the Italian uh the the Italian memory database yeah well because every everybody knows that the uh the, the the Colosseum in Rome if an Italian touches it it's kind of like the spirit tree in Avatar <laughs> yeah, yes it's connects or us. with that or 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 also you can also do that at the leaning tower of pisa yes this is correct there's actually two portal entries that you have i don't know how you're getting i guess you're finally <laughs> tapping into your italian roots then so you can get on yes yes I am, information. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm tapping into my my my, my core I've, I've only got a quarter i'm not as right uh, right yeah we don't I, do I don't, I don't quite here, have though. years yeah no, no. I don't know. We, don't, we don't we don't believe in percentages no um <laughs> you you, you italian be, being italian is a state of mind we all know this <laughs> <laughs> you, it's eat pizza watch the sopranos order it from olive garden you're in the right ballpark it's getting mm-hmm. there it's all there's levels of being italian if you will. well i mean it's it's fascinating enough that like bruce springsteen is italian with a very not <laughs> italian sounding name that is very true yeah but you know has has always um identified as italian yeah he he, he I, I guess he can't even cosplay as it because he is Italian. spiritually bruce springsteen is italian ex- yes i that is 
I love that. Yeah. I need that on a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your earliest memory? Um. So again, also on a family trip. Um. The first couple of years of my life, I were actually on a boat. Oh. Uh. For for a lot of it, um. My parents were sailing. You know, they wanted to sail around the world. They never got to do that. Um. The 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 thing that I remember is. And again, can't be entirely sure if it's <laughs> I just saw a picture at some point, but I feel like I remember standing on the bow of our boat, uh, hmm. of our sailboat. Huh, um, interesting. And and looking out at, at a uh, the Candy Cane Lighthouse, which was a lighthouse <laughs> painted with a uh <laughs> with a, a a red stripe right. going up it you know like uh spiraling like a candy cane oh i love uh, that and then we went to the top and then i dropped my hat off of it no yeah oh. i do remember the first time i lied to my parents oh yeah my mom had those little pewter things that like it's like baby's first tooth baby's first curl you know baby or baby's first haircut or whatever and I took the hair out of it from like my baby haircut, you know. So like when I was when it was like just wispy, the right. wispiest, <laughs> softest, you know, blonde blonde hair. Like because mm. I, I I had such blonde hair as as a as a toddler. <laughs> oh wow! And I took it out and apparently used it. Uh, as a nest for one of my toy birds or dinosaurs oh, or something. Oh my god! And then I was like, "Oh, I've messed it up." So I went. I I distinctly remember this: going into the bathroom and wetting my hair so that, um, and then taking scissors, <laughs> and they weren't even like real scissors. They were the plastic scissors that have like the little inset. Uh, pieces of metal to cut oh no yeah wow. the, the, with like the rounded point yes so, yeah so your baby doesn't jab yes <laughs> <laughs> um and cutting cutting my much darker hair uh <laughs> that was wet and sticking it back into oh my the god little pewter thing and then lying about it to my parents and being sat down you know explaining why it's a it's bad to lie Oh my god, that is... It's kind of amazing it was for, like, a nest. That, to me, is the best part of this. I'm just like, of course. Of course it is. I love it. Yeah. Wow. That's so... Mm-hmm. I've got a whole visual image here conjured in my mind of, of baby you making... of p- Plotting this entire elaborate way of being like, I'm not gonna get caught. There's no... We can fix it. <laughs> I think this is... Th- th- this is why I... I... I feel so uncomfortable and I feel like I, I give up trying to do any most almost anything, uh, not, uh, like sneaking around or something. I think I just have this fear of being a disappointment. Ooh, I I think that, I think that was the thing that, that was instilled in me. It was like, you were a disappointment for lying. Oh God. I had that happen too. Okay, wait. Now that we're <laughs> now that we're exchanging stories, because I feel this on a spiritual level, very, very similarly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's um it's interesting because okay, so we both have our first memories on 
locations, not in a home, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Secondly, I also have a very similar experience of lying. Now that you're saying oh. yours, I remember something of mine, which is funny how memory mm-hmm. works this way. But yeah. it's, I think I was older. I might have been like five. No, I would have been going into kindergarten, so probably like five or six. And I remember when we mm-hmm. visited the Catholic school that I went to because I had to like mm-hmm. I transferred schools mm-hmm. at a young age. Um, and right. I, I, I think as a prerequisite, I'm a terrible liar. I don't lie because I'm not good at it. So I just <laughs> don't. And I learned at a young age that it's not going to get me anywhere. And I just honesty was easier. So here we are. Um, but mm-hmm. I feel like it stemmed mm-hmm. from this where my guilt comes into play on everything because right. I went to visit the school. You know, they let you play around with toys and you talk with people or whatever. And I distinctly remember that I took a like it might have been like I, I don't know if I'm just gaslighting myself or not, but it might have been a toy dinosaur, like a small one or like an army man mm. or like an action, like a little tiny figurine like that could fit in mm-hmm. your palm. And I snatched it. It might've been a dinosaur actually. Ooh. And I never do this. I never do that. But I, you know, I just, I wanted it. So I took it and I immediately regretted it when I got home. Like wow. immediately. And like, wow. I think I cried about it and panicked to my parents. <laughs> and they kind of were like, well, why did you, you know, my mom was disciplined yeah. pretty hard. So it was like, why did you do that? But I think she also kind of laughed about it. Cause it was like, Wow, okay, mm-hmm. I guess he feels bad. Like cuz usually, you know, your parents catch you yeah. and you get in trouble, but this time I caught me yeah. and was like I did a terrible <laughs> thing. Um so uh, I kind of I relate in a sense of where you're coming from with with mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um but Weirdly, now that you're saying this, I also have a memory of stealing a dinosaur uh when Whoa. we were supposed to be having nap time <gasps> at school. Oh, who knows? It's like, it's the per it's the per it's the perfect crime. Everybody what's everybody <laughs> yeah, else you... gonna do? They're all laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you knew. You were like, I plotted this you had a whole scheme going on. It was like the bank. Oh yeah, no, the, I the wanted heist. that toy dinosaur. Yeah, and you planned how to get it. I um yes. that's oh my god, that's hilarious. Did you get caught? You know, I don't think <laughs> I did, but if I'm recalling I don't know how the teacher would not have seen me do it. <laughs> right. So I can only assume that they saw it and didn't care. That's somehow so much funnier. <laughs> like that they were just like, I snap time. It's my nap time. I don't have to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, no, they kids. really didn't want to deal with that. You know, right. And having, having been a, even a camp counselor uh-huh. uh, for kids, like nap time you just that is that is my time do not bother me i mean valid you need that regeneration period i i I worked with kids for like five days and i wanted a nap Mm -hmm. time at all times um it's Mm -hmm. tough Mm -hmm. that is for sure yes Yes. um it's so weird how my memory works this way and i feel like it's so fitting Mm -hmm. for like Mm -hmm. what we're going to be um discussing today or i guess it's Mm -hmm. just always going to be an exchange of memories but um well every day is it when isn't it ever that we're sharing things that we half remember (laughs) that's how i got this job how how is literally how is it different from any other (laughs) exhibition we've done you gotta you raise a good point zan i don't know how to counter that yes well today in particular at the ucm we're talking about uh memory the ways that uh our culture and society is influenced by the active memory the and just the the various the various technologies cultural and mechanical for uh perpetuating memory mm. because humanity 
as as a whole, when we think of civilization, it almost does feel like it's an extension of memory because mm. as humans, you know, we're not the only creatures that do this, but we do it in a uh, in kind of a specific way. Um, and I and I guess perhaps maybe even more to an extreme than other animals that use memory. But there, there's the whole concept of genes versus memes. <laughs> oh. And this this predates meme being used as an internet thing. Right, right. But not by much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was basically put forth as this way to explain that humans are passing down uh, techniques and information, but uh no longer through genetics that mm. we may pass down um you know the the inherited traits uh to our offspring uh but the stuff that is building civilizations and language and culture all of this stuff is being um you know uh transmitted uh through language and through teaching the next generation it was right uh you know at, at a certain point uh you know people had to uh discover uh that we did not just start speaking at a certain point that uh you did not uh just inherently start speaking german uh if you were born in you know old bavaria mm. uh you had to be taught it if you grew up somewhere else you learned a different language um and this is you know th that's sort of an example of kind, kind of an infamous story of uh, a german king that wanted to see if german babies just did that hmm. um of course this happened in germany of um, course yeah <laughs> or what it, what is now germany right but but th this has been a question uh, that eventually does does have to be uh, answered at some point. Uh, like, to to what extent do we owe everything that we have more to genes or more to memes? And you know, it certainly seems like our 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 culture is is acting on these this compilation of compounding memories generation to generation that form uh what what we have around us mm. yeah it's a big question for sure and i think it's one that well both of us are very concerned with and question all the mm -hmm. time both existentially mm -hmm. and i think artistically but at the yeah. same time it's like i don't know i mean you kind of wonder like how do we go forward with this like mm -hmm. obviously that this information hasn't yeah. it's not necessarily new but in the time yeah. in the span of all of humanity i feel like now it's a bit more of a question yeah. but like and more so because of the it's the question of how do you archive then these yeah. information how do you preserve uh mm -hmm. knowledge to not lose it you know you're you're kind of like yeah. um library of alexandria's or if you're isaac mm -hmm. asimov mm -hmm. you know foundation if you will, like the, I guess the idea of how do you contain these memories, these informations and yeah. And, and what I mean, pre-computer, pre it was imagined as the memex, uh, which was kind of like this post-World War II idea pre-computer, like entirely mechanical, but basically was what we 
what was almost like an analog vision of a search engine oh that was uh, that was put forth uh that you know people sort of envisioned as uh how we would catalog things uh i mean but there's there's even been pushback to the idea that memories have to be something learned that memories are not just innate and right this is you know not what is happening most of the time but we have i i think there there has been some scientific some scientific evidence to suggest that there is generational trauma that does seem to be able to be passed down genetically a lot Mm, of yeah people that are descendants of uh famine survivors and uh genocide survivors quite often like generations down the line you see um sort of the ripple effects in their genetics from that you know not not only um maybe from a genetic bottleneck Right. Uh, but also because uh I, I think in the specifically uh one study uh regarding people that are descendants of survivors of the potato famine, those people in general uh tend to be people now that uh they're they they their their bodies basically store fat differently because they're trying to hold on to nutrients interesting huh yeah there's uh you know and it's difficult to parse out these things as you know little cultural differences in the ways that we raise our children because i think people for some time have recognized generational trauma right and you just even if you don't know you can feel sometimes in a family that there's there's pain in the past uh-huh. So, you know, th- this will be stuff that is studied as it goes down as 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 time goes on, but there does seem to be perhaps uh a point that you can stress the human body enough that it even shows up in uh, our genetics, which is not something that we typically think about as as part of evolution once you're born it's generally considered that's what you have to pass on and there seems to be more evidence that that's not always the case that Mm. you can activate a different um you can activate different alleles or different um uh, expressions of genes uh, in your lifetime, and then in turn pass those things on. It's not quite disproving Darwinism and proving Lamarck was right all along, and right. species will themselves uh, to uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> to success. Yes, just like the Italians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh my it God. was sheer force of will uh, that that brought them to where they are. But yeah, there it's it's difficult like how broad of a net you even want to cast when we yeah. talk about memory even if we are, you know, at the the UCM itself a kind of memory palace. Yeah, that's a good way to put it for sure. I mean, it is like mm-hmm. I mean, it's also this whole other thing too. I mean, one 
just in reacting mm-hmm. to this, I, I, I actually did not yeah. know about that memory can be passed down through genetics or at least the kind of explanation for it. I, I'm vaguely aware of it, um, but I find it very interesting because this mm-hmm. is a whole nut. This now has a whole different thing to go into later on, I feel yeah. like, and it's like, it's going to be very important for sure. But I think, too, another part of the memory or of memory in general to consider is its container or how we think of it mm. as something contained. Um, because, like, I don't know about you, but for me, especially in the past, my idea of memory in, in your mind was that you, you kind of like a memory palace, I guess, if you will, you can mm-hmm. go in your mind conjure up something uh-huh. that you remember and play it like a VHS tape and then if you don't remember you rewind mm-hmm. and play forward and whatever you know yeah. it's, it's on a linear line if we will and uh-huh. I, I always like the VHS tape as an idea for memory because it can warble and mess up and stuff but mm-hmm. the thing is mm-hmm. it's not it's really not as we find out it's not something memory is not something yeah. that's totally static it is it is quite literally remembered as you mm-hmm. as you conjure it back and so depending on the emotion that you have as you remember something or as you uh, yeah. experience the memory and what that brings up it's going to change how you yeah. experience it and that is something that's pretty crazy when you think about it yeah. because you wonder how many memories that you have are either false or not mm-hmm. exactly the same and that's when you have the sort of organic versus physical memory where physical is going to be the documentation through video yeah. photo you know any sort of archival means that mm-hmm. bring that they bring an objectiveness to things to kind of give clear indication, but also the lack of awareness spatially, you know, that there's not really this, mm-hmm. like, you're not getting the full picture. You're not getting smells. Yeah. You're not getting all the sights. You're not getting full dimension. You're getting a, 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 a snippet of mm-hmm. something. So you start to question then, well, what was actually yeah. here? What was, I, I could go on, but it's this sort of yeah. debate. I think we're seeing, you know, genetically, internally, and then uh, archiving. How does memory mm-hmm. play a role in these things? Yeah, well, one one interesting uh uh, idea that I, I've heard at least as far as uh, you know like pushback against the idea that AI um, will surpass human intelligence in a in a meaningful way is that our brains it's all it's almost like the wrong comparison because our brains are not like computers and right it's it's so difficult because I I myself am someone that uh, laments metaphor, especially oversimplified metaphors. Yeah. Um, but in the case like this, like the human mind, it's like, well, what else do we compare it to? And what you see through history is people compare the human mind to whatever the most advanced technology of the day is. And because we're in mm. a... Uh, in a in you know our our current technological world, we might um, liken it to memory storing machinery uh, as opposed to a book or a steam engine or something. Hmm. That's interesting. So it it seems like we are constantly at a loss for what to compare our own minds to, and because of that, we are we are applying the sort sort of the wrong. Um, attributes to our own mind and you know you're totally right our memories are not rock solid things uh and you know if you think about it they're even if you want to you know 
use the computer metaphor, it's being written on organic software. It's, uh, right. you know, our organ. We have an organ in our head that stores memory, and that itself is something made up of living, changing, growing cells. Exactly, yeah. So so it all it almost does follow, you know. So but but how do I know that uh reality is not just constantly changing and uh my brain just has to trick me into thinking that there is any type of uh consistency or logic to it at all so that I don't just, you know, walk off a cliff. Well, yes. Um and now we're getting into the existential <laughs> that, part, which is inevitable. Was that the answer to my question? Yes. <laughs> no, it was more of a, well, you have a point. Um, let's mm-hmm. let's just break it down. I mean, okay. It, we know that, presumably, right? If any, because mm-hmm. the thing that's always- if we, stressed, if, if we can know anything at all. Right. It, well, exactly. Because the problem with some of these, these conversations, too, is that it can get very, like, dismissive very quick, depending on how much we want to, like, yeah. remove of, well, how do you know what's real? And how do you know you're real? And how do I know I'm real? And it's like, well, I know yeah. I'm real, and you know you're real, so we have to be real, or maybe we don't. But I know I'm real, I know right. you're real, I know the Uncanny County Museum is real. Exactly. But in the case of, we, we, we know that light makes up most of what we see and we see based in that way at least to my understanding i might be oversimplifying it but bear with me here things are based in physics we know how relatively the physical world works and how light is reacting Mm -hmm. to it if we want to get technical technically everything's an illusion based in that idea because light is just explaining it to us i'm i don't know how to not talk like an artist and a scientist so i I apologize Mm. for my verbiage but it's kind of this idea of like you know technically yeah everything is not real but everything is also real because it's real so the way we process Mm. it so you start to kind of you you have to question that you know well what do i want to consider this or not and i think that's where you start to fall into the whole well, everything's a simulation and it has to be a computer and it has to be like the sims because yeah uh, it's well, i'm just over explaining yeah, well, religion we, we, we like, compare things to the most advanced technology of our day which is well, the sims it... <laughs> god that's so great that's so great i love that needs to be in an academic paper somewhere i i mean <laughs> but it's it's so interesting you hearing you talk say that though, because i didn't even think about that that yeah we do compare our, our our minds to the most advanced technology i guess it's that innate overconfidence maybe that we have of as human beings that we are the smartest things to exist i mean i don't think we can be wrong in that sense because like if if you think about anything we're very good at presuming that we're in the right about knowing things and not accepting that maybe we don't. And even mm-hmm. to go with like the answers for this, um, we're really getting existential here at the UCM today, but it is, yeah. it is that, but it is such an interesting, like fascinating question that like, as you can see, I'm struggling to answer because it just isn't an answer, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's like that fun activity or like that fun way that you mm-hmm. kind of mess with each other. Be like, once you figure out how like everybody perceives color a little bit differently and you're like, yeah. well, how do you know that your blue is the same as the way I see blue? And like, right. how do I know that you see red? Like I do. Yes. It's like, how, how, how do we know? But... Like the, 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 all we, there, there are so many colors that we're missing out on because exactly. we don't have mantis shrimp eyes, but <laughs> we also, okay. I mean, I guess, I guess you could say 
uh pick pick like a a a great uh discovery uh in the history of human science or something like you uh-huh. take j- just as an example evolution and the 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 key that that gave us to unlocking how uh life uh unfolds and changes and just how profoundly that uh shifts the way that we uh were looking at the world um and you could say okay well this gives us a roadmap to tell us which creatures are more closely related to which ones how they change over time what their ancestors millions of years ago looked like and you know we as far as we can tell orcas have not discovered that that's fair you could ask the question as to whether or not orcas need to know that this is also true yes but it's the whole tree falls in a forest type of thing where obviously evolution was happening whether or not humans discovered it or not true yeah so i guess this 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 maybe probes into a deeper question i guess what's the point of us discovering and remembering these things to pass them down you know Hmm. it's it sort of gets to a weird um you can wind up in a very nihilistic place which i don't think we're advocating for here hmm Right, no. <laughs> you know, it is it is worth, you know, spending spending an afternoon staring out a window thinking about uh <laughs> what what is the point that okay, uh I can you know, read about the discoveries of all the different science that says where the moon comes from. Mhm. Uh and so what you, you could ask at a certain point so what you know like okay, i mean a, yeah a, that's a, true. A, a, a hypothetical planetary body named thea smashed into the earth and uh the chunks formed the chunks from the explosion or from the collision formed the moon mm. um what am i gonna have for breakfast like you you could find yourself very quickly falling down this thing of <laughs> Right. Well, what's the point of any scientific endeavor? What is the point of telling a story even beyond uh uh just just day-to-day survival and I would argue, I think along with many other people that there's more to life than just survival. Yeah. I hope yeah (laughs) we're really banking on that otherwise we've wasted a lot of time this is true hi there my name is colby white and i'm one of the hosts from force football facts a podcast where my friend zachary and i force our other friend tyrell to give us insights into the game even though he doesn't know anything about it we use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much you can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, but this is but but the, but this is also a profoundly uh human problem. Uh you know, not not to make ourselves sound like the the greatest thing on earth, but we have these these brains that 
almost make us imagine things and put things together in ways that you know it almost like wasn't meant to because there's there's no purpose to any of it you know there's right there's no intention of our ancestors uh walking on two legs in the hopes that one day we'll walk on the moon it's just this accident but not quite accident of evolution that we have these brains that produce consciousness and can we how do we uh how do we reconcile our consciousness with the consciousness of other living things without getting into uh hiring pet psychics you don't want to hire a pet psychic I don't know if I want to know what Levon thinks of me. You know, he's a lizard. That's fair. He's a lizard, but (laughs) Levon's seen me naked. Mm. Uh, Levon sees how messy my room gets uh, through the week. Mm. I don't know if I want to know what Levon thinks of me. (laughs) I feel like as long as he has some food, he's probably okay, but maybe he's worried. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Le- I guess... Levon doesn't have eyelids. He can't blink. So <laughs> Levon's a lizard, by the way. Uh, right. <laughs> um, a, a gecko, a, a crested gecko specifically. So he does not have <laughs> eyelids. So he is all seeing all the time. Right. He's, he's like, uh, the, 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 but the, he, 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 Levon is the all seeing eye. Right. Is the observer. Yes. Watching the sins of mankind. Right. <laughs> yes i i get what you're saying though i mean it is like that's where i was kind of getting at it's like it's very easy i feel like to fall into that nihilism too or the absurdity of it all like what's the point or why yeah or even the sisyphean um kind of act of things of pushing the rock back up only to fall back or whatever you know i I think it's Mm -hmm. like like who's but if if sisyphus (laughs) was a goldfish and sisyphus had a (laughs) had a very short memory and yes could be the i best. know goldfish have longer memories than three seconds but <laughs> uh but but that mm-hmm. that ultimately is the curse isn't it well yeah of humanity is our is our memories yeah you know i i i think so because it's also the it's in a way it keeps us either in the past or the future Mm. And I think that's part of the issue, um, because I'll just say, I mean, nostalgia isn't always a good thing, as much as our, our kind of world today likes to bank on it. And living in different times through one's mind isn't always a good thing mm-hmm. either. Yeah, it's nice or terrible, depending uh-huh. on what kind of, you know, what kind of way you want to remember something or 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 even mm-hmm. like bad memories so to speak because i don't think we should gloss over that either too it could be very painful but it is that like it's that thing of like well if we didn't have this or we didn't live in constant awareness of our mm-hmm. existence would it be right. easier right like i know this is kind of a weird piece of media to compare this to so bear with me but like i was reading vinland saga as i do because always got to keep up with vikings but there's a really interesting moment that the um that the author was kind of talking about where there's a um the this i i gotta say anything just in case our audience reads the manga or watches the show because i don't want to spoil any characters but there's this there's this dialogue that happens between a hunter and their apprentice where you know they're they're out on a hunt for a bear and they're in norway by mm-hmm. the way so it's like a thing you do i guess um and he was saying though that like you know the bear does not 
is is not worried about its existence, right? It's not worried about right. Is it okay to kill you or not? It's going to do it uh-huh. because it's going to do what it needs to do to survive. And we have the human has going to have that hesitant of should I do this? Should I not do this? What should I do? And it's mm-hmm. kind of that like don't think, just kind of just do attitude. Mm-hmm. But there's sort of something interesting in that, like when you are mm-hmm. when we enter the forest when we enter nature and we're sort of thrown mm-hmm. back into a very survival you know it's it is difficult way of living or a more natural way of living depending on which way you look at it i guess how do you find that flow again but then how do you take that sort of that presence that thing that keeps you alive because you're aware of the now because in our i'm assuming our ancestors way back when were not concerned about the future and they were not concerned about yesterday because they're concerned about eating today and living today night by night right like you know i I do think living is survival but it's but it is like it is that question now of like breaking down the idea like you're saying of being linear of like it all has to mean something but i think over just I don't know. Maybe it's either accepting the idea that over time things do just develop in this way or it's always going to just things things do happen. And it's sort of are you going to be along for the ride and enjoy it or are we going to worry mm-hmm. about it being in this certain way? Right. It's almost that like that that um the fear of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or like trying to look too far into the future and then messing things up, you know, because mm-hmm. you're so worried about where you want to go that you don't even get there because it's just it's it's it you're not building yeah. the foundation that you need to get there if that makes any sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i mean if we if we're looking at like human material culture i feel like the because tool making and art making go so far back you know we're mm-hmm. talking thousands and thousands of years you know the 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 foresight to do any of those things to understand uh, that if you do this thing, you will. I did this thing and got this result. And now, if I do that thing again under these same circumstances, I will get the same result again. Right. Um. You know that is so crucial to that version of memory. Is is what's allowed us to you know do just about everything we've accomplished. Right. True. And under understanding. Um. Uh, I mean, in in one sense, it's basically uniformitarianism that you will, if if something happened in the past this one way, it will happen like that again in the future if the circumstances mm. are the same. Right. So, I I think you know even seeing art and tool making showing up shows that you know that this had to come up at some point that that humans were. Uh, doing something planning for not just the not just serving an uh an immediate itch right that's true planning and forethought ahead you know if you're looking at say in native american cultures the whole seven generations concept uh and i i know this this goes between a couple of different tribes but there was the concept of growing a tree for a dugout canoe and growing that Uh, tree would take seven generations. You had to have the foresight to, uh, you know, be practicing this type of agriculture that allowed for this 
the the lifespan of a tree right um to be uh to be used in this way and you know you you know it's it's a profoundly uh, different way of looking at you know human lifespan and our relationship to other organisms around us but mm. you know this is not alien to western thought either there's i forget which ancient greek philosopher said it but it was you know basically you know the mark of a good civilization is a man planting a tree that he will never sit beneath whoa yeah so there and as as we go far enough back into all of our philosophies i think you will find some version of humans using their memory to then project onto the future hmm so i i would say it's fairly innate in us if we're finding so much evidence for that in our cultural practices as a species going back those thousands of years you have to imagine it might have even predate predated what we have in terms of uh, the material culture left over uh that you know we have to we have to assume a lot of those artifacts just didn't survive the ravages of time that's a good point i hadn't thought of that um and specifically Mm -hmm. to even memory tied to those objects right yeah yeah. because i'm sure that as things get passed down through generations or made specifically that there's going to be some attachment Mm -hmm. it could explain a lot of our attachments to things as well Mm -hmm. which is still continued even just the idea of a souvenir as well right but well one one of the interesting things is one of the first tools humans made were um basically hand axes right um and it seems that human beings were trading these because we can look at where the artifact was discovered and it seems to be so far away from where that rock would have originated that it seems like and and then you find a rock from that location that that would have originated in that location you find it in the opposite direction so you have to assume there was some kind of trade some some type of movement back and forth uh, however, there's no real difference in the quality of the hand axe. Oh, that's interesting. So it's it's not just a thing that's being made in the immediate place. Yeah. And and then used and then left behind. Someone is carrying it. Someone is trading it. You know, this is our attachment to to objects as as. Uh, you know, as a part of our memory is also very interesting. Our our object permanence, you know, which is yeah, another thing yeah. that, that we are n- notable in, you know, our our paranoia that we we know our keys exist just because we can't see them. But the frustration is I can't find my keys. I'm trapped. Help, please. <laughs> I don't have my keys to go home. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that can you is drive me home. Yeah, I got you. No problem. <laughs> or you can break the key, like we did that one time, which mm. was that's so, still so bizarre to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, in our in, in our door to our apartment. Yeah, and our like apartment yeah. seventies in, yeah. in Italy, but right. But so there, there's all those experiments that again tie into uh stuff that 
is not really reflected as something that happens in reality. There's the right. rice experiment, if you're familiar with that. I don't know if I am, actually. So there's this experiment that says if you per, if you get two identical jars of rice, uh-huh. and uh, or it can be even jars of water, and if you oh. project bad emotions onto one jar and good emotions onto the other jar then uh the like the water will crystallize in a different way when you freeze one jar that was the happy jar huh um and yes there is no scientific evidence that this is true at all and i also had to endure uh a, a former bassist uh explaining this to me oh man uh, <laughs> i'm sure that was well. very very intensely like you know, if you yell at a jar of rice and then you praise another jar of rice, the the bad jar of rice will go bad. <laughs> then you're like, oh, God, I didn't know I was parenting rice all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, well, I was like, you know, that's all well and good. But could you please show up to our gigs? Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's like you're, you got to stop. I'm the bag of rice, Zan. You got to not yell at me. Um, I was really. I should have told. I should have told him that. Maybe he would have stopped yelling. <laughs> He's like, "Please, sir, I'm just rice. Mm-hmm. We're all just rice. Mm-hmm. We're cosmic rice." Um, mm, yes, yeah, that's deep. Yeah, I have. I think I've heard of experiments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know the validity to it. I think. I think my sister's the one that was experimenting with that with plants, and I know there's lots of experiments going on about that in terms of like positive emotion negative energy positive energy whatever you want to call it against them mm-hmm. because they're alive so there is this different yeah, that's, that's a bit that, different because it's not a, slightly different yes yeah whereas like rice is not and water I, I don't know i mean it sounds kind of like interesting i don't think for the reasons that that guy was talking about but more so just right. like Hmm. Well, what is our relationship to like inanimate things? Mm-hmm. Or I mean, if water is alive and 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 not, I also think it's fascinating though because water, especially you know, as we know in visual mm-hmm. art, but in general, is related to memory. That mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. is is always yeah. going to be symbolic for that, which I always think is fascinating. Um, the yeah. idea of a river holding memories and having a god mm-hmm. attached to it is already fascinating. Oh, or yeah. a deity, I mean, there's, maybe. There's, there's like word. so many rivers that are spiritual, spiritually significant to so many different people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, but I think it is like you know, it's it's part of that the the vibrant matter. You know, Jane Bennett's book discussing yeah, yeah. that of of objects and like. But I think I think too like, it, I guess the memory attached to things. And why mm. and and do we imprint our memories on items and 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 how does that mm-hmm. contribute um without necessarily spiraling this in a different direction, but like even like yeah. I, I think I mentioned before when talking about um you know the power of inanimate objects or call of things, mm-hmm. but the idea that like something that we make has specific markings in it mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. objects we 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 carry different objects for different times of the year that are important mm-hmm. and we don't really consider that either um but but like even now i'm wearing a sweater that i've had since like high school that has been through many different memories and times and and stories but i have it now and it'll continue until it unthreads and eventually has to be you know taken or donated to something else 
that's also mm-hmm. relatively interesting that we that you know that can have its own memories. I was a firm believer that my clothes would have memory to them, even at a young age, like in middle school. Mm. Weirdly enough, and I remember that because I would have. Um, I would I would start to that's when I changed my wardrobe because I was like going through rough times and I just didn't want to be attached mm-hmm. to the clothing that I used to wear, which was a lot of like right. skater stuff. Um uh, just yeah. for some context. But I think that like as we remember our memories remembering memory, uh, which has been this yes. this dialogue, <laughs> I think it's really interesting as, yeah. as using that as our exhibition material as well, by the way. That it's yeah. been this exchange. Well, like, here's a very specific paranoia I had at one point. Okay. So my ex-girlfriend and I adopted a stray kitten uh, that we found. We named him Fossil. Fossil was absolutely beautiful, but a complete asshole of a cat. Um, And was potentially jeopardizing our living situation. Like, we did everything we could. We, like, I, and I really mean that. And it was... You know, for for rescuing him off the street to, you know, you know, get getting him his shots, getting him fixed, trying to give him everything we could. And just we were not in a situation where we were able to give him everything. And as hard as it was and as shitty as it sounds, we had to give up at some point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember driving to uh, the uh, the place where we were going to hand him off to this family. They had, you know, uh, you know, other kittens that he could romp uh, and play with uh, so that, you know, he wasn't, you know, attacking us constantly trying to get us to play with him. Right. Because he was never mean. He was never a mean cat. He just never learned that biting hurts Mm, okay and and wanted to bite our legs to try and like get us to interact with him and we we would be happy to play with him but when it was over it was like god just you know please please stop biting us we're trying Mm. to take care of you right um and you know he he was going to you know uh uh, a a much a much better situation for him, but I just remember the drive there, and I just started breaking down, crying because you know we were so worried about giving him up for adoption because we were worried just someone else is going to give up on him mm. and not know everything he had been through. And that he did not, if he does have memories, he does not have a way to communicate them. He does not, uh, you know, he'll never understand why he never saw us again, you know? And it was just, it was just this, this moment where you just were so sad out of the inability to to communicate a memory and to to share information and you have to marvel at what what a what an amazing thing it is that we can make ourselves understood to each other in that way Mm. that we have stories that are thousands of years old that we have mythology and 
and and personalities and names that we're able to transmit across eons without having personally known or been related to those people you know we yeah. we can we can feel what someone else was feeling yeah wow that gives a lot to think about honestly mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm i mean definitely a hard memory too i mm-hmm. imagine but at the same time it's like it's yeah. very insightful so thank you for sharing mm-hmm. um because even from like i don't know i just i'm just thinking about it now like i don't think we think about that enough right mm-hmm. like taking for granted the idea that we can pass memories down or communicate memories we have the yeah. language not necessarily literally a yeah. language but the the ability to do so the wording for mm-hmm. it and the 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 common the mm-hmm. common understanding of tropes and stories and just human day-to-day yeah. things that have not really changed over centuries and and you know different yeah over time essentially yeah and i think that that's it's really incredible but i think we also might sometimes take it a bit for granted absolutely yeah and whether or not we're trying to push that off into like i guess i guess worrying about how we're going to remember things in the future are we all going to be in the metaverse or are we all going to be in Mm -hmm. like you know these the androids are going to take over and it's going to be transhumanism and or post-humanism right we're all going to be in the machine but or is that just Mm -hmm. what we've always done and that we've always (laughs) like you're saying you know we've always just uh, assumed it would be um the next big technology. I guess that's why we never mm-hmm. ended up in steampunk, even though everybody in Victorian era seemed pretty into that. I know, I know it's not from there, but you get the idea. <laughs> so it, it, yeah. it is just fascinating to be like in, in let's say a thousand years, will pe- mm-hmm. will we actually be in a, in a Microsoft 2,200 uh, laptop computer and be, or, or just like the internet will be the world, or is it just going to be the next big technology that we haven't, we don't. We have no idea what it could be because mm-hmm. it's so far away. But it would still have yeah. some sort of. We would still maybe have the same grounding that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know that same similar connection of remembering things and remembering the past yeah. and still being worried about the next thing. Right. I mean, th- that's that's like the the more, um, you know, when we look at shows like Black Mirror and Westworld. They're trying to reconcile those things of how, yeah, in in their better in better episodes of Black Mirror, let's say that's fair, um, yeah. But but at least the arc of Westworld as well, um, you know, a whole consideration of what is real is something real just because it's important to you, even if it's a construct. If right. is it just enough that something makes you feel something? Uh, that it has to be real in every sense, you know. Mm. That's that's a very, uh, um, you know, that that's that's a very real concern as we have, you know, more and more interactions with each other, you know, through the filter of uh, a a remote medium. Mm, true. I, I mean, it's it's this whole thing that we're also trying to reconcile about a feeling that we are for we are forgetting things in this contemporary mm. world that um you know in that ev- get, getting everybody onto a global um you know uh 
on on to on board to a global culture feels like we are you know while it's doing you know things to unite us and and bring us together we also feel the homogenization yeah we feel the severs to uh to older cultural memories and ways of being um you know that doesn't i'm not saying traditional means inherently good but we are in another sense regretting or lamenting our uh our loss in uh the, the loss of those things because uh, it's 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 a, a loss is a loss right yeah and you can you cannot be christian and still look at a at, at a beautiful church that was built by people that were devoted to that faith that faith and every uh every day or every sunday people went into it and it was not just a curiosity as it is to you as a modern secular person who appreciates it for its architecture um and and maybe the art the artistic value of it um you know you feel also this this pang of i i i have forgotten what it meant what it meant to those people to mm. to enter this place and you know this this is where you know you're you're seeing people trying to fill that void you know trying to trying to create this like this post nietzsche <laughs> uh uh mode of 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 trying trying to find some sort of substitute for religion and spirituality <laughs> right um, it's all in the zodiac but it, it but it but it is all a part of this memory but also a loss of memory i think yeah even especially from like a lot of indigenous communities the the the, the rallying cry is we want our spirituality back we want our culture back mm. yeah so it's uh you know even just you know talking to friends i've had that are adopted you know they love their families and yet they still wonder what what their what their mothers were like you know right what, yeah like what what for what reason uh were they unable to take care of them you know it's 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 that whole feeling of 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 I guess that that thing even you know as as trivial as this seems in comparison but just that whole thing with uh fossil the cat you know trying to uh, memories at some point we have to justify the reason that we abandon things you know that attachment you were talking about earlier mm. because we remember things but because life goes on and life moves we have to come up with reasons why we why we move on from some things and stick with others even even if those things meant something to us Ooh, i like how you said that <laughs> I yeah it resonates hard that's really good mm -hmm, wow mm -hmm. that's yeah i ha i have no words that's a lot to think about i I, 
I'm definitely going to be thinking about this out the window for the next like four hours. I can tell you that right now, <laughs> but it is, I, I, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't think I could, I could add any more summary than that, bringing us full circle and discussing these things, but I really do think mm. it, yeah, it is that question or it's these, it's these life moves on, I guess. If, as as whether we want to with it or not, it's gonna keep going forward because unfortunately time does exist or does it? But um, it is that you know it's just it's it's I don't know. I guess it is that question of 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 living in the present, of letting go of certain things, of moving in the flow with time and life and and all of that. And mm-hmm. I think again, you summed it up so well and. Well, just, you know, it's it's all fun to to ponder and stuff, but like don't let it like get you involved in like Scientology. Yeah. yeah. And, and you also- know, if we if we wanna if we wanna talk about people that are prepared to remember, I mean, can we talk about just for a second the the <laughs> length they have gone to to make sure that the word of L. Ron Hubbard makes it into the future? They have to be secure. It has to be secured. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman needs to be able to um, <laughs> make an appearance back in, because those yes. are entangled. Uh, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman needs to uh, needs to have his words uh, carried into the future, and Joaquin Phoenix needs to confront the fact that he slept with his aunt. I guess. Is yeah. That, is that. I yeah. don't know. I was so confused. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like the you you're you're seeing you know the the attempt is at the end of the day Scientology is somewhat of a science fiction cult. I mean, yes, it literally is. Yeah, they're I mean, they they in terms of theology, they they're taking the whole m- memory thing very literally with with the thetans and everything. And right. As a metaphor, maybe it kind of works, but I mean, I, I guess what else is religion but a metaphor? You know what? I've come full circle. Check out Scientology. At, no. At, uh, uh, no, I'm. I'm do I'm we want to suggest Please. that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I go to therapy. Go how to about therapy. That? Therapy is go good. to therapy and see how memories are actually affecting you, not yeah. memories from. I'm not going to say that things that happened outside of your life don't have an effect on your life mm-hmm. because there are so many tiny factors in the universe it has to net some you know right. affect you in some way butterfly effect style Oof. you know i mean you you and i uh uh, uh li- living in the northeast of america when we should be you know i i don't know living in uh some uh, you know some southern italian villages <laughs> yeah uh, like our very existence uh is the result of so many events of history it's true uh that i'm not going to say that your life does not have a connection to things that preceded it um but maybe you know maybe not alien ghosts from 70 right. years ago yeah I, that's all i'm saying i mean i think you have a point i think if water disagree, really but... had memory does it remember dinosaurs Oof, that's maybe they were close friends you don't know they had a good connection they were just the, they were the great observers <laughs> and that's 
Just I'm like, just asking the questions. Teach the controversy the... is what I say. Mm. Humans were mermaids. <laughs> you can't prove wrong because reality is all subjective, right? Oh my Actually, god! We it's... can prove. No, that, I... or we can be somewhat certain that we did not evolve from mermaids. Although, if you want to check out an absolutely bonkers conspiracy theory, <laughs> check out uh, humans uh, evolving from mermaids. That is, yeah, that one's insane. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it, it is all these different things that circulate around it. I do think we are in a time where that is becoming the kind of norm to suggest that because there is no answer that's clear to us, mm-hmm. all answers are valid. And I think that that's dangerous for so many different ways. Yeah. Um, but yes. I do agree 100% too that the past does affect us now, whether we like it yes. or not. Some people will are, are, are aware of this, um, mm-hmm. who are directly affected by it, and the systems that are in place still affect them today. Yeah. And there's people oh, who yeah. benefit from systems that don't. Um, mm-hmm. And there is that conflict of wondering, you know, like, I can understand why you wouldn't want the past to affect you now in the, in the forced mm-hmm. independence of I am me and I am not, I am not responsible mm-hmm. for what my ancestors did. But at right. the end, you know, I think there has to be some sort of recognition to that, to how it affects you, to where you have added history. And I don't know. I mean, there's so many multi-layers to that, but it's like you said, yeah, there's, there's a things in history had to happen for us to be who we are and where we are now. And that's crazy when you think about it. So, Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's that in a sense. Maybe don't watch yeah. the butterfly effect though, because in in ending with one of my other memories, I'm pretty sure that movie traumatized me, and I saw Come and See. <laughs> so put that in perspective, because I watched that movie and I think it made me aware of how one dark uh, American mm. suburbia can be, and two um, that the world is not nice because you know mm. things like that do happen. If you've well, seen you the had movie, to find know. out at some point. I know it's just depressing. It is. Pro- yeah, I mean. Yeah. Are, is it a good movie? I don't know. Was it wild? Like, kind of like Donnie Darko style? Yeah. Mm. So, I guess if you yeah. haven't seen it, watch it. But uh, I guess, yeah. You know, if you want to check out those uh, spiritual rivers, um, yeah, River true. of Dreams by Billy Joel, I think is a good entry point. Okay. Right? You know, I, I think right. I think that's, that's the most spiritual of rivers is Billy Joel's River of Dreams. Yeah, of course. I mean, that was mm-hmm. what all of it's modeled after. I mean, you could make a religion after that if you really wanted to. You know, but, I... Uh, to- you... De- <sighs> is Billy... Could you make, a, if you had to make a religion around uh-huh. the discography of a musician, Uh-huh. because Charles Manson had an album or was trying to put out an album. He, I, yeah. He wanted, to be, he wanted to be a blues musician, you know, how different history would have been. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those things. It's one of those great what ifs because, you know, and we find out about this, you know, often because of, uh, you know, things that they did that weren't great. But, and I mean this in kind of like just a genuine curiosity kind of way. Like, we find out that so many musicians were just such absolute weirdos. You have to wonder what they would be doing if not for music. That's a good point. Yeah. Ah. But yeah, who who would you start a religion around? I mean... Elton John's early stuff has enough, has a little bit of sci-fi in it that you could, mm. you could maybe build something around that. I think you probably, yeah, you could probably build a religion around Bruce Springsteen. I got, got if I could, you know. 
I mean, um, <laughs> he can be a messianic <laughs> figure if you try hard enough. Yeah, you know, a well, real, got, a real everyday got, man. The, the, he's got the promised land. It's true. Uh, but there's also the badlands. Mm, that's a real heaven and hell situation, though. There, there's the rising. Okay. Yeah. Mm, um, I, I think it. all this does is confirm that he is Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would confirm. So. Catholic confirmed stamp. <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. Pope seal. Yeah, like like a robot's like Terminator vision scans up and down. Right. Catholic <laughs> confirmed. It's the Pope. It's Pope vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, God, that's probably a good place to like mm-hmm. maybe try to bring our tortoise clothes without without forming so. without think... forming too many religions on the spot yeah i i <laughs> yes i well we we don't talk about the basement cult in the uh, uh d- down b- a couple floors below us here at the ucm right it is um, a shared space. but since we won't talk about it why don't you talk about what's going on in your life yeah i mean not too much going on been working on some music and i'm hoping that album that i've been doing for i guess a few years if we really want to get meta about it but you know Mm. it for some time is maybe gonna come to fruition i have some videos in the works but they're probably gonna be out in 2022 i haven't i'm a part of an exhibition that's gonna be taking place in new york but Mm -hmm. until then Mm -hmm. it's sort of a big mystery and and likewise with that i think i'm still waiting to get into some other stuff it's all it's all just in it's all purgatory right now uh, mm. So it's sort of a moment of waiting, but been working on some new stuff, excited for the new year to get some new work out there and start the cycle all over again. Um, but how about mm-hmm. you, Zan? What's going on in your life? Um, Let's see. Let's see. Well, I don't have... Uh, I may possibly actually have some musical stuff on the horizon as well, but uh, not, not nearly as much uh, uh, concrete stuff as you. I'm very excited about your music. Oh, thank you. Um, so, uh, by the time you're hearing this, uh, my work will have been up at the Studio Public House for the Toys Show. If you're at the uh, the Cosmos Show uh, at St. Petersburg Coastal Creative on the 17th, thank you so much. Yeah, and mainly the... The goal right now is getting ready for my uh, MFA thesis show uh, in May. I believe the opening Ooh. reception for that uh, is going to be May <laughs> uh, May 20th uh, okay. is when that should be. But the show should open May 16th. Ooh. Yeah, that is... That is what's going on with that. If you want to find the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. If you want to find me, I'm at Xanosaurus on Instagram and Zanfred E. Man on TikTok. And I am at Josemino Art on Instagram. And from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Josemino. Bye. Bye.